Jesus, bring new wine out of us, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity, Father God, to be here today, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to lay down old flames, to lay down old things, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you give us, Lord, to create new things, Lord. We pray that you give us new wisdom today, Lord. We pray that you give us new words, Lord. And for somebody in this room, Lord, you are going to give them new hope and new light and new opportunities, Lord. We thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives. We thank you for all of these opportunities, God. Jesus. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. If you stay standing for one minute, I just want to read the scripture that tonight, God gave me a word, and, and he gave me a word a long time ago, and I've shared this word with some of our men in Lake Havasu, and uh, it's one of my favorite stories, but I just want to read the scripture that we're going to base it off before we sit down. And it's in Daniel chapter 3, verses uh, 13, starts at verse 13. It says, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, it is true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, and the flute, and the lyre, and the harp, and the pipe, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it. Come on. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if, come on, somebody say even if tonight. Even if. Even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the, the ability for it to ring true in our hearts, Lord. And as you speak through me, Lord, as your words come into this place, Lord, we thank you for the ability to have even if faith, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to learn about the potential that you have given in our lives, Lord, and about the miraculous things and healings and anointings that you have already given us, Lord, and we thank this all in Jesus' name. Come on, Bridge Church. Make some noise if you like the Word of God. Come on. Amen. Amen. If you're tired and old, you may have a seat. I'll stay standing. Amen. Amen. Bridge Church, I'm Pastor Jay. I am excited to be here tonight. Um, I'm from Covenant Church in Lake Havasu. And, uh, you know, I used to always say I'm Pastor Jay or I'm Jay, and that's the people knew me. But here I got to say I'm Allie's dad. <laughs> now you know who I am. Now it makes sense. <laughs> um, but you guys stole her from us, and, and uh, she's a great gal, and, and she's not here tonight. Hopefully she's watching online. She's the one that's putting all those hearts and thumbs up on Facebook. Amen, amen. You know, I, I wanted to share tonight, this is my favorite Bible story, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and anybody who's ever heard me preach has probably heard me talk about this story like every other time I preach. Um, and I don't even know why it's my favorite story, but it is. It's just an awesome story. There's so many different revelations, so many different life lessons we can gather from just this one 
chapter of Scripture. Um, but I want to share with you a story on perspective. Um, and I want to share, you, share with you those two words. And that's the title of my message tonight is Even If Faith. Somebody say, Even If. Even If. Um, and I want to share a story of perspective because it goes along with this. And, and it, it goes back to um, the beginning of last year. And, and not to bring up bad memories or, or, you know, when we couldn't come to church or we had to change up our lives. But when COVID came around and, and all this stuff happened, I remember going to work. And I remember being surrounded by, by people. And I, and I, I love my job. I have a great job. And, and I, I never talk poorly about my job. But I, I live around a bunch of unhealthy people. I work around a bunch of unhealthy people for the most part. Amen. But it was watching all the reactions to this epidemic come through, right? All the different fears and all the different worries and all the different reactions that people had to it. And I remember just, I, I had to, at one point, I, I was getting sucked into it so much. I remember there was, there's a few people at work, they were just, uh, all we were doing all day long was watching the TV and these press conferences. And I'm, I'm working on my computer screen over here, but on this other computer screen, I got the presidential press conference on what's happening and what we're going to do. And are they going to shut things down? Or are they going to not shut things down? Are, are we all going to die? Is this like the zombie apocalypse coming after us? I mean, it was like, there was a lot of fear. And I remember just sitting there and, and it's real easy. It's like this, this black hole of just fear and, 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 and unknown and lack of faith that just sucks you in. And I remember just, like at one point I'm sat here, I'm, I'm literally like this, like looking at my computer screen, just hanging on every word that was being said. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then I just, I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta like flip the switch in my head. I have to have a different perspective. And I remember going, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy into this. Like God told me, me and God had a discussion a long time ago. He said, I'm gonna live into my 90s. So I'm good. Amen? Amen. My wife doesn't want me to skydive. I've tried to do it before. I said, me and God have this agreement. But there's that barring me doing anything stupid part, right? <laughs> but, but people would look at me and like, how are you not freaking out? Like I had people that were like, I'm not coming to work. I'm not going to be around anybody. Everyone's putting all this plexiglass up in it like we're a bunch of animals living in cages. It was crazy. And I just remember going everywhere you go. You walk into the grocery store. You walk into the bank teller. And it's like, man, we just got like hazmat suits. And we don't even want the, the human touch. or the, you, you Don't even look at me because you might have it. And if you look at me, you might give it to me, right? That was the fear that we were living in. And people looked at me like, how are you not freaking out? I'm like, because I have a different perspective. My hope isn't in what whether or not I'm going to live through this pandemic. My hope is in a God who says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and he is watching out for every step of my life, right? Perspective changes everything we do. How we address something, how we look at something, how we react to things people feed off of. And, and, and I just had to do that. And then I found like, okay, now I'm not so worried. Oh, there's a press conference on it. Well, you know, I don't need to watch the press conference because it doesn't matter what the president of the United States says or this expert says or this doctor says because they said something completely different yesterday. I, my perspective is on God. Amen? Amen. And every perspective that we have, every time that we have a perspective on anything, it bears fruit. Amen? Amen. And I was so... There was so much fruit 
coming from panic. And, and I, I had to say, I had to look at it and go, is this going to be, am I going to panic? Or am I going to have peace? Am I going to have the shalom of God, the peace of God on my life that says, you know what? Look at it from his perspective. And his perspective says, I stand at the finish line watching with my arms open, waiting for you, victorious, right? Yeah. Come on, come on. See, panic, panic, what's the fruit of panic? Panic, the fruit of panic is fear, right? We saw a lot of fear, we saw anger, because a lot of anger was acted out across our country in a lot of different ways, amen? We saw, we saw thoughtless actions, we saw irrational behavior. People, I mean, how, I, I, I don't know, I still, to this day, I can't make the connection between COVID and toilet paper, but... <laughs> There's some people making some irrational decisions about what, the, like, it, it, does that, is there a cure somewhere? If you, in the role, is there like a cracker jack? I, I get enough of these and I can take them in and I'm going to be free of it? I don't know. But it is. When we, when we panic, we don't do smart things. We make bad decisions. We make rash calls. We do things that we don't think about. Amen? But when we have peace in our lives... Then we bear that fruit. And what's the, what's the fruit of peace? Love, right? Kindness, patience, right? I can have patience with some. If I'm mad and angry and scared to death for my life, I'm not going to have any patience or peace for anybody else, amen? But when I say God is my hope and I am not going to stand here and be afraid of anything that can come at me, then I have a lot more peace and I can treat people a lot better. I'm a lot nicer person to be around, amen? I have my confidence in God, not in whether or not someone's going to create a vaccine to something that I don't even know is going to work or not. Come on. We have a saying at our dealership, um, activity breeds activity. We get people walking around that don't want to do anything. Like activity breeds activity, right? Something in motion wants to stay in motion, right? Peace breeds peace. When I have peace in my life, I can emit that peace from me, and it helps the people around me. Amen. But when I'm panicking and freaking out and, you know, cussing and cursing and hating, and it comes out and it affects everyone around me. Amen. 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 Psalms 18 says, uh, Psalms 18 says, 18.2 says, the Lord is my rock, right? He is my rock. He is what I stand on. He is my fortress. He's all around me. He protects me on all sides. The fortress isn't something that anybody's going to mess with, right? It means he's got me on all sides. He's in front of me. He's behind me. He's all around me, right? He's my rock. He's what I stand on. Come on. He's my deliverer. He's my rock in whom I take refuge when I am worried and concerned and afraid. It's okay to be afraid, but I can take my refuge in God and say, God, speak over me. Put your hands on me. Give me peace about this. Give me some strength in this. Allow me to be peaceful in this. He's my rock and my refuge. He's my shield, right? He protects me from anything coming at me. He's my salvation, and he's my stronghold. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on. If I've got God in front of me and I got God behind me and he's to the side of me and I'm standing on the promises he's given me and the foundation that he loves me and he's my fortress and my shield, come on, who's going to come at me? And that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. They had that faith. They had that perspective. I want to read that into that again. See, King Nebuchadnezzar, for those of you that don't know the story, was this like crazy narcissistic king, right? He built this 
90-foot statue of gold that looked like, who builds a 90-foot statue of gold in their own image? And then says, hey, anytime any music plays, y'all just got to stop everything and bow down to me. Because he was saying how great he was. He was saying God didn't do any of this. He had a, I was reading somewhere, talk about how many gods they had. And someone said there was up, upwards of 2,500 different gods that they had that they had to believe in and they had to pray to. It's like, how can you keep track of that? I have one wife, and I have a hard time keeping track of that. Amen? But he built this statue, and, and, and these three teenagers, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were teenagers at this time. I just love the, the, the interaction between them. Because Nebuchadnezzar says, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God, right? I've got 2,500 of them. None of them could save me from this. What God will rescue you from my hand, right? Nebuchadnezzar saying, from my hand, because I'm stronger than your God. Come on, how many of us have thought we know better than God at some point in our life? Oh, I'm going to do this even though I know I shouldn't. Come on. What God is going to rescue from my hand, he says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves. Bridge Church, there's a word and a sermon right there. How many of you have been in a fire and someone's coming at you and you just feel like you've got to defend what you believe in and you've got to defend your position and you've got to defend what you're doing at that moment? And sometimes we just got to say, I don't need to defend myself because you're not my God and you're coming at me and, and I, don't need, I don't need to support why I believe what I believe and what I'm doing, what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing because, come on. We do not need to defend ourselves from you in this matter. If we are thrown into this blazing furnace, the God we are served is able, come on, able, to deliver us from it. Just that word right there, able, tells me that right away, they didn't even say he will. Right? There's a lot of God will do this, right? God will give me this. God will do this. They said he is able. So right there, their perspective was, you know what? He's able. Our, we have the faith to know that our, our God is able to deliver us from something. Right? This wasn't like an afterthought. They said even if they knew going into this that God, you know, may not save them. But he said he is able to save us. He is able to save. Sometimes we just got to say, you know what? I'm going to take that leap and know that God is able to deliver me through this. But even if, even if he does not, I'm still not going to bow down to this statue of gold that you made me. I'm not going to bow down to this money that you want to give me. I'm not going to bow down to this addiction that has a control on my life. I'm not going to bow down to a relationship that is unhealthy. I'm not going to bow down to somebody who's trying to lead me in the wrong direction. Come on, Bridge Church. Someone needs this tonight. Even if he does not. And I like this little part here, and I always just love this little interjection. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. I just picture these three teenage kids going, your majesty. <laughs> like just this like mocking attitude. Can you imagine? Dude built a 90-foot statue. How much does he want to be mocked by a couple 15-year-old dudes? He is losing his ever-loving mind. We, do, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. It goes on in verse 19. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe he thought they were a little stronger. These are th- three scrawny little 15-year-old kids. And he's like, I need my three strongest, strongest soul. Maybe something in the back of Nebuchadnezzar's head said, there might be a little something to these guys that I need to watch out for. Amen. Had the three strongest men throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound, thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the fire so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace, and these men's, and, and then the three men firmly tied fell into the furnace. It was so hot that the three strongest soldiers that Nebuchadnezzar had couldn't even get close to the furnace without perishing, and they threw the three teenagers in there. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. I mean, we know how to count. There was three guys. Three of them died. The soldiers are sitting over there dead, right? And there's three men in there. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Come on, you know, if God would have never put me in a fire, I'd have never grown. Amen. If God had never put me into a position that was going to push me and cause some friction in my life and maybe a little bit of heat and maybe a little even physical or mental or, you know, harm, that I wouldn't have grown, right? I'd still be a junkie living in the ghetto and who knows where. Amen? Some of you don't all know my, my whole testimony. We can talk about that another time. Sometimes we need to get in the fire. Sometimes we need to be open and willing to take the invitation to get in the fire because you know what that fire fire when i look at fire fire doesn't always burn right sometimes fire purifies something if you're if you want to purify a metal you put it in the fire and it'll burn all of the impurities out of it right it'll take everything out of it that you don't want and it'll separate it right fire will strengthen something when you forge something you liquefy it and then the fire liquefies, and then it comes out stronger, and you can create something, right? God can mold something that he's going to put through a fire. God can, can shape my life or shape your life when you go into a furnace and say, you know what, I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, God, even if, even if, because I don't know where this situation is going to take me, but even if it doesn't take me where I want it to go, I know that you have a plan for this, and I know that you have a purpose for what I'm going through, and you're going to make me stronger, right? You're going to make me, you're going to get me through this fire. My son-in-law is a welder, and if any of you have ever welded, you got to take two pieces of metal, right? And you're going to stick them together somehow. And you got to clean them up, you got to grind them, you got to form them to each other, you got to fit them to each other, and then you take some heat to it. And when you take that heat to it, you're melting them together and you're creating something stronger out of two people, right? You're creating something stronger out of two pieces of metal and you're reinforcing something, right? And some of us need that fire in our lives from the dude that's sitting next to us, right? Some of them need that fire from the, the person that goes to church with. Some of them need that fire from the people we are surrounded by so we can be melted together, so we can be stronger together, right? Come on. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, right? 
We like to say that iron sharpens iron and makes it better. Well, you know what? There's some grinding and some heat and some friction and some things that are going to come off if you're going to grind and sharpen another piece of iron. Amen? Come on. Sometimes I need some men in my life to call me out and say, Jay, I don't know what you're thinking or why you're doing this, but you need to rethink it. And sometimes I've been that person in someone else's life and said, I don't know why you're doing this, and we're going to have a hard conversation right now, but I think you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. And sometimes we need that. We need that support. We need that other person that has that, hey, even if, Omar, even if you don't like what I'm about to say to you, you're still going to love me, and you're still going to know it's coming from a good place, and you're still going to know that, that my heart is to help you. But even if I call you out on something, we're still going to be friends, we're still going to be bros, and we're still going to support each other and strengthen each other and love each other. Amen? And I need to be open on the other end to say, Omar, you know what? Even if you tell me something I don't like, I'm going to receive it because I know that God is sharing something with you to share with me. Amen. Amen. Goes on to say, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors, royal advisors, hulahs, and all his cronies, they, sat, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on him. They came out of that fire stronger than when they came in. Amen? Amen? And this is a great feel-good story, right? I love this story of the Bible. It's great. And sometimes we look at it in this perspective, well, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were, like, great, and they had, like, this great family environment, right? And they went to church all the time, and they were these strong kids, and they had family that supported them, right? And they had people that spoke into their lives. Can I share a little bit about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with you? It wasn't even their names. Wasn't even their names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the names they were given that represented the gods of Nebuchadnezzar. Their names were Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. They were defeated. They were more than defeated. They were conquered. Their lands were conquered. They were taken over. And then they were enslaved, told what to eat, told what to do. Like, Nebuchadnezzar was smart enough to realize, hey, some of these kids know what they're doing, and I want to take the best and keep close to me. But these were three young men away from their home, no family, slaves to a king that didn't believe in the same God they did, literally told them what to eat, what to do, and when to do it. And they still said, our God, the God that we serve, is able to deliver us. And even if he does not, even if, even if this is the last thing I ever say, even if 
I don't know what the outcome of this next step in my life, even if I've got to take a leap of faith and I don't know what's going to happen, even if this opportunity that's in front of me is the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, even if this addiction keeps coming back and hitting me and slapping me in the face and I can't kick it, even if this relationship keeps dragging me down and hurting my soul and tearing my heart apart and and, and taking me places I don't want to go, even if I don't even know even if I don't even know where my next relationship is going to be, even if I'm wherever you are in your life, there's, there, there's men and women in here, there's men and women that are listening to this online that, that they don't even know if they're ever going to find their mate. They don't even know if they're ever going to find their husband or wife. But even if, see, I just pray that some of us have some even if faith or some of us have some brothers or sisters or people around us that have this even if faith that says even if. Even if I don't know, even if the ground is shaky, even if I am scared out of my mind, I know that my God, I know that my God has a reason. I know that my God will take me into that fire and save me and protect me and bring me out on the other side, unharmed, unscathed, unsinged, and stronger than I went in. Amen, Amen, Bridge Church. See, who we surround ourselves with and the perspective we have affects every part of our life. I want to share a story with you that just happened to us today. And it just, just tugged at my heart. We came down to Flagstaff a little early and we went to get food. And, and, and we were walking past the store and I told my wife, hey, I want to walk in there real quick. I didn't really even really know I wanted to walk in there. I went, hey, I want to walk in here real quick. We got time. Walked in there, had no reason to walk in there. Looked at a couple things. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm in here. I've been in the store a hundred times. Everything's way too expensive. I don't like any of it anyway. <laughs> and we walked out of that store. And there was a grown man sitting on a bench outside that store, bawling his eyes out just broken, just completely broken. And, and Pastor Anthony and I stopped for a minute. Pastor Chris, he was there. But Pastor, and I, Pastor Anthony and I stopped, and Pastor Anthony, and, I, and something tugged in my heart said, stop, stop. He needs, he needs someone to pray for him. And I'm like, he smells like he's drunk. I don't know why he's crying. Did he just get in a fight? Is there someone around the corner coming for this guy? But God said, no, stop. He needs some help. And we stopped, and we thought, hold on, that's not, that's not, even, like, th- that's not even what broke my heart. Pastor Anthony, I stopped and, and prayed with him, and he was sobbing. He had his, his head in his hands, elbows on his knees, sitting on this park bench, just sobbing, uncontrollably sobbing, and we just prayed for him. And, and I didn't even know what to pray for. I didn't even know what was broken. We just prayed. I don't even know what, we're on opposite sides of him. I don't know, even know what Pastor Anthony prayed. I don't know if he heard me, but just praying for him, right? Just praying for him. And, and, and we prayed for him for a couple minutes, and he started to sit up. And he started to stop crying a little bit. And I couldn't really get much out of him. It was hard to understand anything he said. But I could just get from his spirit that he had a lot of broken things in his life. He had a lot of addictions in his life. 
And it sounded to me like the man had a great family at one time and was, didn't have them anymore. Talked about how he used to coach basketball and he saw these kids running around the street and it just broke his heart because of the situation and perspective he had. And it just broke my heart to be there praying for this man. And I told him and I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, can I invite you to church? And you know, we put up that wall, right? This is the first time someone invited you to church. Well, I'm not really a church going kind of guy. And that's what he said, I'm not a church guy. I'm like, hey, it's all right. I still want to invite you. I still want to invite you to come to church. I'm still want to, I, I, I want this, I want to not miss this opportunity to share the love of God with you. Amen. And I invited him to church and I told him where y'all are. Told him it's Bridge Church right on St. Mary Road, right by the Chevron station. He said, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I, I pray to God. I'm going to drive home tonight praying that he shows up at your church one day. I'm praying that he shows up. Because even if, even if for only a minute of that man's day, he had a little bit of hope. And it wasn't anything I did. It wasn't anything Pastor Anthony did. It wasn't anything Pastor Chris. It was just the obedience to be like, hey, I'm going to walk into the store. I have no idea why. And I'm going to walk out of the store. And I'm going to see this man here. And I'm going to listen to God, tug at my heart and say, go pray for this. How many times we walked by that guy on the side of the road going, he needs to be prayed for and not done it. Amen. Come on. I'm raising my hand on that. Right. And I said, no. And, and God bless Pastor Anthony for having that strength with me because that man needed it. But what really even broke my heart further, and this is where perspective and who we surround ourselves with affects everything we do. Bridge Church, I cannot strongly enough tell you how important it is that you surround yourself with the right people, that you are in church on a Wednesday night in Flagstaff, Arizona, listening to the Word of God and praising God. I cannot tell you how important it is. And some of you know, some of you have testimonies of where you were before you came to church and where you are now. Amen. And if y'all ever want one, you can hang out with me for a minute and I'll share some stuff with you. Amen. Some of you know it. But what broke my heart is as we walked away from that man, like feeling like we accomplished something, one of his buddies came up and just proceeded to just rain, for lack of a better word, crap onto this man and tell him how we didn't love him, how we were leaving him. Like, oh, you guys aren't going to stay? You aren't going to battle with them? You aren't going to be here? I'm like, who are you? Get away from me, Satan. But isn't isn't it so powerful how someone can come in and bring light into your life and shine hope into your life and how easily the enemy just wants to just kick you down and say, nope, that ain't you. You can't do that. They don't like you. They walked away from you. They don't want, they don't want to help you. You're not good enough. What are you, you're just some alcoholic. Why are you going to go to church? You're some drug addict, alcoholic, homeless bum. You smell like you haven't showered in a week. And this guy just lit into him and it just broke my, I, I, I wanted to go back and strangle this dude when we were walking away. As Pastor Doug would say, he wanted some righteous indignation to rise up and take care of this man. But I had to walk away with knowing that that man 
even for a minute, had a little bit of hope, had somewhere that he could go where he knew that somebody would welcome him in, that somebody would love on him, that somebody would say, thank you for coming. Welcome home. That is the greatest thing as a church that you can ever, that is what, at Covenant Church, that is one of our greatest that is one of the things that we like sharing most is welcome home. When you come into these doors, welcome home. You're here. We welcome you. In this place, it doesn't matter what you did outside. It doesn't matter what you did 30 minutes ago. It doesn't matter what you're going to do 30 minutes from now. But when you're in this place, we welcome you. And we love you. And you are home. Come on, Bridge Church. Let us stand right now. Put your hand on the, on the person next to you. I pray that, that you have an even if partner in this room. I pray that you have an even if somebody in this room that can strengthen you, that can lift you up. Father God, I thank you for the anointing in this church right now. Lord, I thank you for the men and women that you have brought here. Father God, I thank you for the ability that they have. Lord, I thank you for anointing their lives. God, I pray that you strengthen them, Lord. I pray that you give them authority in their life, Lord. I pray that you give them courage, Lord, to speak your name in public, to, to listen to that still small voice that says, go pray for that man. Go pray for that woman. Go hug that person. Go tell them that they look good today. Go tell them that, they, that, that, that you're glad that they are here today. Father God, I pray that you give us courage in our hearts, Lord. I pray that you give us courage in our feet. The Bible said, blessed are the feet of those that bring the word of the Lord. God, I pray that I have beautiful feet, that I can bring the word of the Lord, that I can bring the great news to everybody that you put in front of me, Father God. I pray that each person in this room has beautiful feet that you love to look at, Lord, because they are preaching your word and they are sharing what you have given them, Lord, and they are walking out the anointing and the authority that you have given them in their life. Father God, I thank you for Bridge Church and everything that this church does, not just in this area, not just in this city, not just in this state, Lord, but for the influence that they have all over this world. Come on, Bridge Church. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. 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 You guys remain standing. Can we give another round of applause for Pastor Jay? What an honor to have him tonight. All right, we're going to go ahead and close out with our bridge declaration, then you guys will be dismissed. And let's give it a, a nice, loud bridge declaration like you really mean it tonight, right? We always mean it, but let's do this. All right, I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to live him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. 
Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.